Welcome to ABC Gotham, your New York City amateur history podcast. We are so excited to bring you today's topic. I'm your host, Kathleen. Hi, and it's Kate. Yeah, we're bringing you a, I think, a, a sorely neglected borough in our podcast so far. A neglected what? A neglected borough. You know, we never, we never really talk about it. You know what? Yeah, we we are we are hurting on this borough, and we do try to represent the entire city, and we haven't much. Really spent a lot of time in this borough, and the letter is Q, so I'll give you one guess which borough it is. What is our topic today, Kate? We're going to give a little love to Queens today. We're not discussing the entire borough in this podcast. We have a couple more heavy-hitting episodes coming up, so I'm sorry, Queens, this is a bit of a micro-podcast, but Mm -hmm, we are mm -hmm. going to give you just a little bit of history, and then, who knows, maybe as the alphabet keeps going, we'll definitely have to come back to this borough. Oh, Queens is going to show up in other podcasts. But today, this one is all about a very, very special thing in Queens that I'm willing to bet at least half of our listeners have never heard of. I hadn't heard of it until we actually started researching this. Bingo. Half of your hosts hadn't heard of it. Exactly. So, of course, we're talking about the diorama of New York City, which is housed in the Queens Museum. Mm-hmm. And I think it's technically called the panorama. I don't know. I was looking at this. Yeah. I learned about it first called the diorama, but all these written things called the panorama, but it's technically, its full name is the panorama of the city of New York. And this thing is freaking cool. And everyone needs to go see it. And I'm not even kidding. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I'm, I think I'll start a little bit with the place that it's housed in because it's, it's got a bit of interesting history as well. I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, the Queens Museum, if you've never been, is in Flushing Meadows Corona Park in Queens, of mm-hmm. course. And it's it's pretty amazing. It's one of the buildings left over from the World's Fair of 1939. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In fact, it is the only building left from oh, the World's y- Fair of 1939. Yeah, you're, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. And it was the New York City building, actually. It was for that World's Fair, but also mm-hmm. you had the UN General Assembly was held there from 1946 to 1950, mm-hmm. and it, it's pretty amazing. I, I never think of anything really being left over from this time. It's much like Chicago had its mm-hmm. famous World's Fair. Um, so yeah, so the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago is left over from that World's Fair, and mm-hmm. so it, it feels a little like an echo. You know, we've got this building here. I'm going to say it's not quite as grand as the one in Chicago, but it's still a really beautiful building. Sure. I, th- I think we might be comparing apples and oranges, too. I mean, the Chicago World's Fair was quite a bit before the uh, the Queen's World Fair, the 1939 one, and uh, uh, there's been quite a bit more uh, renovation and addition and uh, improvements since then, So so... It's hard to say, but yeah, I mean, if we put them side by side, definitely, uh, Museum of Science and Intrigue would beat the Queen's Museum of Art by a long shot, if nothing else, than by square footage. But again, apples and oranges. Yeah, I actually right now want to give a shout out, since we have brought up the Museum of Science and Industry, to our <laughs> super fan that lives in Chicago and his boyfriend, mm. uh, Michael, and his boyfriend Randy are our super fans that live in Chicago, and they give us shout outs on Facebook sometimes, so I figure this is as good a time as any to give them one. We love our super fans, no matter what city they are in. Keep listening, guys. 
So, the panorama. Kathleen, you've actually mm. seen this in person. I I really only did um, the research on it and saw a lot of pictures, but I, I've never mm-hmm. seen it in person. But it's supposed to be huge. Well, real quick, before we do that, I'll say a couple okay. more things about the Queen's Museum. Okay. Um, so, yes, in addition to, uh, like Kate said, it was built to, to house the New York City Pavilion for the 1939 World Fair. Um, it housed displays about municipal agencies, which sounds really boring to me, but having done a lot of talking about sewers and islands and, um, you know, explorers in this podcast, I understand that probably would have been pretty cool. Um, and it was located like right, you know, front and center in the fair, very, very important main structure next to the Trilon and Perisphere, if you ever see pictures of the old World's Fair, the 1939 World's Fair, that was that big spike and that big sphere that they had there. That were the iconic structures there. Like like we said, it's the only surviving building from the World's Fair. After the World's Fair, they turned it into a roller rink at one end and an ice skating rink at the other end. So that was its sort of... that would have been amazing. That would have been cool, yes. And then that was its, like, less glamorous uh, phase until... Boom, 1946, like Kate says, the UN shows up. It housed the freaking UN, the, the, the General Assembly, before they settled on their permanent home in Manhattan. This was considered, when they were trying to figure out where the permanent spot of the UN would be, they did consider this spot in Queens, but, uh, but obviously did not go with it. UNICEF was created here, and the Partition of Palestine, which established the state of Israel. That was decided there in 1948. So important stuff has happened in this building, more than just the uh, the panorama. That's the word I'm looking for. After but the, the UN panorama... left... Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. No, no. Okay. After the UN left, it went right back to ice rink and roller rink. <laughs> Man, that would be awesome. Isn't that great? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I, I just want to put it out there right now. I would love a roller rink. I, I'm just saying. I think it would be great. It would bring tourists. Are you saying we don't have a roller rink in the city anywhere? We must, right? There used to be one down at Coney Island, oh, okay. uh, but they closed it down. Why have we got so many swimming pools and so few roller rinks? Something to keep in mind. Um, When the UN left, yeah, it went back to ice skating rink and roller skating rink. Uh, the building was renovated. To prepare it for the other World's Fair, the 1964-65 World's Fair. And again, this was very centrally located. And it was seated right next to the large iconic structure of that World's Fair. That, of course, is the steel unisphere. It's the stainless steel globe of the world. Biggest in the world. The biggest globe on the planet. It's 140 feet high. It is super cool. And if anyone is going to uh, plan a trip out to see the... Panorama after this podcast, which I highly recommend you do, you can't miss it. It is right there, and that thing is big. So they built this panorama for the 1964-65 World's Fair. Now, just before we leave the topic of the Queen's Museum of Art, in 2013, they're slated to have a $65 million expansion. That is going to double the size of the museum. Wow. Yeah, yeah, there's a picture of Bloomberg at a press conference and it's uh, it's pretty exciting so pay attention to to this museum because there's cool stuff going on there so yes to answer your question Kate I did see it it's freaking cool it is amazing amazing um, to give you a little background 
Robert Moses built it. Sorry. Sorry. I'm not happy about this either. But... I told you he does some good stuff. That's it. Yeah, the panorama is up there with Jones Beach and, you know, the, the ribbon parks. It's up there with his good stuff. His good ideas. And, of course, he was the guy behind the 64-65 World's Fair. So... He made this happen. This was intended to be, like, first and foremost, a super cool thing to see at the World's Fair. And then he intended it to be used for, like, city planning. That's not how it went. It really just stayed a super cool thing that people could go and see. It is the crown jewel of the the Queen's Museum of Art, which was the crown jewel of the 64-65 World Fair. The thing is amazing. This is 9,335 square feet. It cost $672,000 to build in the 60s. This is 1960 when they started doing it. It includes, listen carefully, every single building constructed before 1992 in all five boroughs. That is 895,000 little structures made of wood and plastic. Pretty the scale. amazing. It's, it's astonishing. You can go there and find your building. It's there. It's better than Google Earth. It's so, so cool. You can pick out your building, and there's that deli across the street from me, and there's where I worked, and it's really, really impressive. The scale is one inch to 100 feet, so Empire State Building, sticking up at the, in the middle of Midtown like that, is 15 inches tall. It took 100 people to make it. They hired this company called Raymond Lasser Associates, which is an architectural model-making company. That's Pretty their professional. job. Yeah. I want that job. Do you? I don't I don't know. If, I, it seems cool, but I, I don't know if I'd want that job. Well, really? No, it seems a little stressful. I guess so. I guess it, there's a lot of long nights, probably. Yeah, but, you and- know, you get your hands in it. You get, you get to carve up little buildings and, and make foam core houses and stuff. Well, speaking of finding your house on the panorama, you know, you mm-hmm. can actually buy your house for 50 bucks. This is true. You can support it's the, best the panorama. Deal, you can own New York City property, kind of. For 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Or if you want the Brooklyn Bridge, I understand that is $10,000. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You, you could yeah. actually buy the Brooklyn Bridge. You well, could really buy it. Mm-hmm. Sort of. So I heard uh, it took three years to build yeah. this model, which kind of kind of blows my mind. Oh, when you see it, you'll be like, that's it? Oh, that it only took three years? Exactly. Now, don't go looking for really new stuff, because the last time this thing was refurbished was in 1993. Mm-hmm. So it really went from 1964 to 1993 before they did any updating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now what you'll see is what the city was like in 1993. Right, right. Which uh, is not that different. It it really, the city really went some big changes in the 80s. There was this huge, huge landing, building boom in Midtown. This is awesome. In 1990, 147 models of those major buildings from the 1980 Midtown building boom were donated to the Panorama by their respective architects. Oh, that's amazing. Isn't that great? They, they trust me, architects know about the panorama. And they, <laughs> you know, in addition to winning the bid, designing the building, and building the building, they were like, oh, by the way, who wants to make the one-inch scale model of the building for the panorama? Oh, you, Pete? Okay, Pete will, will do the building. They donated it themselves. It's great. 
Oh, the uh, I know the initial contract when they were creating this, which is why I think that I said the job is pretty stressful, is that mm. the contract in it said that they could have less than 1% margin of error, which is mm-hmm. the part that scares me, is that I'd start building and I'd be 1.5% off and I would just know I wasn't going to get paid or that mm-hmm. I just ruined mm-hmm. this whole thing. Yeah, and that's why I they just, were super careful when they were initially planning it. Can you imagine 1% margin of error? You basically have you to get it up. exactly right. None of that, None of that building on the wrong side of the street shit, none of that. West Side Highway merging a little too soon into into Henry Hudson. Nothing like that. It's got to be exactly right. And it is. It's like flying over the city in the airplane. It's exactly right. Well, that's exactly how they built it, is they used aerial photos from Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. helicopters as well as insurance maps, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you'll see insurance maps for sale at, like, street fairs or... I know they're at, um... Uh, help me out here. What's this? The Brooklyn Flea, where oh. it's just very detailed maps of each individual block, and like it's a different color if it's business or residential or something like that. And they're really pretty basic, you know, not very detailed maps, but they've got it for every block in the city. So those were an important part of uh, designing this model, and just going out there and looking around and driving thing, driving around and sketching. And I mean, they they were really really thorough because of that contract and that 1% margin of error, you know? Yeah, pretty amazing. One mm-hmm. of the only other changes that's been made to the panorama over years is September. since September 11th, since the September 11th attacks, mm-hmm. the World Trade Center was wrapped in red, white, and blue ribbons, mm-hmm. but soon they're actually going to remove those and they're going to be actually replaced by a scale model of the memorial that's now down at the former World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. That's the interesting thing. Yeah, when I did this research, I read people who saw it and saw it was like a like a figure eight of red, white, and blue ribbon around the, the towers. When I was there, which was like a little over a year ago, I guess, it, it wasn't, there was no ribbon there. It was just the towers themselves. But yeah, interesting is that the initial plan was and everyone always asks about this. This is like the, the question they're asked most often. is like, why are the World Trade Center there? And what's the plan for that? And initially the plan was, yeah, take the buildings down and put up the beams of light. The, the what's the name for that? Tribute in light. But this is kind of funny. Tests indicated that the beams would only be visible if there were like dust or fog in the air. So, for now, it's still the Twin Towers while they figure out what to do. Because I mean, think about it. Like, if you have a flashlight on in a normally lit room, you're not going to see, like, the beam swooping around. And even if you, if it's a dark room, you'll see light, but you won't even see, like, a straight beam. You'd need to be shooting it through fog or smoke or dust or something like that. And that was pictures and the memorial, you know, with the, the waterfalls and, you know, the the one world trade is being built right now once those are all done they're going to put in what those new buildings are instead of the the old towers mm-hmm. that's pretty good um when you were there were you there long enough i hear that they have they simulate lighting changes from day to night so you can see the city how how long does it take for that to happen? 
it's an hour to get the whole sunrise to sunset thing, but you do see different parts of the city. Uh, you don't have to stay the whole hour. You can, you know, other parts are, are dark. It's very cool because the buildings have glow-in-the-dark paint on the windows. So when you see parts of the city that are night, they're glowing and they're lit up. And it's so, so cool. Uh, there, there's so many cool details. They have the little Roosevelt Island tram car. It's not moving, but they have it there. The, there's no people. There's no cars. There's no garbage. There's no rats. There's no cockroaches. But it's just the buildings. Um, there is actually a little mechanized airplane. They have a tiny airplane that takes off from LaGuardia and swoops around and lands. And that's the only mechanized structure. Um, they have some models of boats on the Painted River. It's very, very cool. Um, what else? In terms of updating it, there were, uh, there were, I think the most recent change, one fairly recent change was City Field was uh, Oh, they added. changed it. Yeah, and they took away, what is it, Shea Stadium. Mm -hmm. The Mets sponsored this, so the Mets had to give them a tiny little city field, but but they did do that. I did read another article that Brooklyn Bridge Park has been added. Before that, uh, Battery Park City, that was one of the updates they had to do. A couple of things they haven't updated yet are the, all those luxury condos that are along the water in the East River in, in Brooklyn and, uh, oh. and Queens, so... Um, those fancy glass buildings in Williamsburg and Long Island City, those have not been added yet. And I don't know if they're still waiting on the architects to get those along or what. But, uh, but yeah. And then one other very, very noticeable change, well, noticeable to the people who work there, I suppose some of the people in New York City, is Staten Island has developed a lot since 1964. I mean, it used to be semi-rural, actually, and now that is what they describe as a highly complex urban spread. So a lot of updating had to happen when they did the, the 1992 updates. They had to do a lot of changes in Staten Island. Oh, well, they'll have to add a Ferris wheel to it now soon. That's right. Where is that going to go? It's going to go just when you get off the Staten Island ferry. Neat! Finally! So it's like a Something reason to get off there. They're going to redevelop the whole area and put that here at a big outlet mall. And Cool. So maybe all of that will go in the panorama eventually. Eventually it will. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. It's very... I just cannot, cannot tell you more strongly to go see this. And I hope that the picture on the site here and when you see other pictures in... Uh, on the Facebook page that you realize this is freaking cool. I got to go see it. There's this big walk right around the perimeter of the area and an audio presentation that explains everything. I mean, it's got the whole, whole damn city except, what is it? There's one thing missing, a corner of Far Rockaway that would not well, fit in the big far space. Far Rockaway. Yeah, it's just Far Rockaway. <laughs> and I, I, there was I'm... really... Hmm? I'm totally excited to go now. Like after doing yeah. this research and mm -hmm. hearing about all this, and I actually think it would make. I was thinking uh, that it would make a really great Christmas gift to buy mm. somebody a building in the panorama. Yeah, say, Here that you would go. Be Here's cool. your building, and, and then you sure go and visit it. You'd be like, "There's my property in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best deal. That's the only property I'll ever own in New York City." <laughs> Exactly. And then there was one very cool article I found. So they've they've 
you know, they did all this updating, a lot of updating in 1992, but little bits here and there also all throughout. And one question you may have is, what happens to the old buildings? Let's say you get rid of three warehouses and put in four single-family homes that have replaced them. Well, what do you do with these tiny bits of wood that look like warehouses? They do not throw them away. They do not repurpose them into other buildings. They save them all. And like someone a... took them. Hmm? Go ahead. Sorry. Someone took them. Someone took them and turned them into an art exhibit, and it's called New York Paleotectonic 1964-65. So, all I want you to picture like an ant farm, you know, kind of between two pieces of, of plexiglass right. and, and all this stuff piled up. That's basically what this is, but not dirt and not, not ants. It's all these little buildings and you can go and look at these little tiny buildings and little, you know, tenements and warehouses, little um, water towers on top of each building. And you can just see all these tiny details. Piers, they, they had some old ships that used to be on those rivers. They got rid of them. It's just amazing to see these structures and just think that, you know, this was someone's workplace. This was someone's home, sort of. People looked out those windows, and, and now those are gone. And it's it's displayed in a way that you can really get a look at individual little details on these buildings, and then also step back and just see this sheer mass of how much construction has come and gone in the city. That's, that's great. You can really see the buildings much closer than you would from the platform that you see the panorama. Exactly, exactly. Also a very, very good point. That is a bit of a bit of a drawback when you're on that perimeter walkway over the, the panorama. You can you can pick out you can pick out your specific building and, and a lot of landmarks, but you're you're pretty far away from it. You're still pretty high above it. And the pictures on the Facebook page will show you people like walking around in there on the river and stuff like that. You don't get to do that. That's not an option for us. Those are only the people who work on the structures and repair them and clean them. But uh, but it's I'm, still super cool, and I highly, highly recommend going out to see this. It's worth I'm, a trip. Definitely. I'm so glad they saved them, because I imagined all the little buildings being carted away, like something from the Island of Misfit Toys, you know? They're just yes. <laughs> not yeah. wanted things anymore, and oh, mm -hmm. we'll just shove you aside. But it's great that they're actually being saved and preserved. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of New York City history, which is really one of the most important things in the world. Wouldn't you agree, Kate? I, I definitely would agree. Yeah, yeah. And to, not to get a tiny bit off topic, but there is an excellent children's book called Wonderstruck. And there is a link down there on the page, and you can click on it. It's an amazing, amazing book. It's sort of the story of two different kids at two different points in history and their adventures, but the New York City panorama figures into this very, very significantly. It's an important part of that book. And so the book is just awesome. Anyway, really good, really great drawings in it, but it's also a really good story that uh, involves the panorama. Oh, I always like it when we can recommend books. Yes, exactly. It's important to read. Go to your local library and check it out. Well, I hope you've learned a little bit about something you didn't know that exists in New York before today. And I hope everyone takes a trip out to the Queens Museum. I feel like it's a very ne neglected museum. It's something I had never really done any looking into. And now I really can't wait to go. 
You're an artist. You didn't know about the Queen's Museum of Art? What the hell? I knew it was there. I just didn't know. I just didn't have any desire to go. But now I'm totally <laughs> excited. So uh, maybe we'll see you there. We'll be the ones so. st- standing in the panorama room for like an hour watching the sunset. The binoculars, yeah, exactly. <laughs> definitely. It's it's really remarkable. It really is amazing. It is it was the best part of the World's Fair, and you know should have been. I mean, that was not a, a an overstatement, and everyone should definitely check this out. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, I hope we we get you back for episode. What's next? Episode R. Oh, that's going to be a good one. A lot of stuff. It's going to be great. And don't worry. I know we have some tough letters coming up, but we actually do have a topic for every letter coming up. So stay tuned. And we've also got some exciting events, uh, an exciting event we're planning. So you'll have to listen in and watch our Facebook page for more information. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, thank you very much, Kate. This was a good one. Yeah. Thanks, Kathleen. I'm pretty, it was pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We will talk to you next time, folks. Bye. Bye. For more ABC Gotham, go to our website, abcgotham.podbean.com. Special thanks to Podcasting's Brock. The music for ABC Gotham is by Big Rude Jake. ABC Gotham is a K2 production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved. Not a New York City.